Okay, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Yeah, yeah, I, I, we talk about it on Wednesday a lot, but um, we need to really, to, we really need to be praying for our church family. Uh, there's been a lot of sickness this year already, and uh, life is so tough. <laughs> Oh, so, uh, but yeah, we, we've just, we've got a lot of people that are, that are just really sick right now. So, uh, just keep everybody in prayer and ask God to keep us all healthy and get through, get through this, this current round of whatever it is. Yeah. There's like five things right now. And so, yeah, just, just pray. Okay, Matthew chapter five. We 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 um, uh, finished up on the Beatitudes a couple weeks ago, and uh, last week we started uh, with the metaphor uh, of salt and light. And uh, we talked last week about the metaphor of salt. But a metaphor is a uh, figure figure of speech in which a term or phrase is applied to something to which. It is not uh, literally applicable in order to suggest a, a resemblance. Uh, and an example of that that we uh, talked about last week is a, a mighty fortress is our God. Well, you know, God is not a, a building, a fortress, <clears throat> but it's a metaphor of the of the safety that we have in the Lord. So metaphors uh, are something that Jesus used a lot of, and uh, we talked about last week. So let's go ahead and read Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 to 15 or, or 16, excuse me. In verse 13 it says, "Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt had lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is hence uh, thenceforth uh, good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden underfoot of men." Ye are the light of the world. A light that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle to put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that uh, they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So last week we talked about the salt. We talked about four different aspects of salt. Uh, the first one is that it preserves. Uh, it seals in, seals in the good and seals out the bad. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, we talked about particularly uh, salt-cured pork, uh, <clears throat> which uh, her, her daddy loved. We called fatback. Yeah, fatback. <clears throat> Uh, and then, uh, then the second aspect we talked about was that salt purifies. And I gave the illustration of a a, a, a head of broccoli being dunked in a in a, a solution of brine, 
uh, that uh, <clears throat> it kills all the all the bugs and everything that live in the broccoli and so on and so forth. So salt purifies, and then we talked about the fact that salt satisfies. Um, <clears throat> Job chapter six and verse six said, "Can that which is unsavory be eaten without salt, or is there uh, any taste uh, in the white of an egg?" And um, uh, you know, what do most of us do when we eat a boiled egg? <laughs> a little, <laughs> yeah, salt, salt and pepper, and you know, I love those. I can eat, I can eat boiled eggs all the time. But, um, uh, but then we we talked about the fact that our words should be pleasing to others and not harsh. And uh, we used, uh, we talked about Proverbs uh, chapter 25 and verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. And then we talked about salt motivates. And the old saying, you can, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, is not totally true. Uh, because if you give that horse a little bit of salt, they're going to drink. And uh, so salt, salt motivates and we should be motivating people to the cross. And then after the service last week, Jim came up to me and he said, uh, salt, what would you say, activates? Inactivate. It's an activator. And I, I didn't know what he was talking about. And he explained to me, when, you, when you're making cat head biscuits, that uh, you need a little bit of salt in there to get that whatever chemical reaction, uh, you know, the, the leavening or whatever it is. Which I, I didn't know, but uh, I'm, I'm sure if we thought long and hard, we could come up with a spiritual application to that. Um, yeah, so, you know, we as Christians should be, you know, yeah, I, I, I didn't know that. So, so tonight we're going to start talking about light. I don't know that we're going to be able to get through all of this because there's a little bit more information on light than there is salt, at least that I have. But before I before we do, I want to talk about when 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 uh, when you read this passage, salt and light. How do you interpret what God wants you to be? Because I can stand up here all day long and tell you what I think God wants you to be. But what do you think God wants you to be? Okay, okay. John? Um, for salt, I think about uh, its just general value and its uniqueness. I mean, salt not only is considered valuable for all the reasons we but salt, salt is unique in the sense that it's the only thing that does all that. If you look at any other chemical, it's, it doesn't do that. So right. Okay. All right. Anybody else? What about the light? Now we haven't talked about it yet, but what what about it? We're supposed to be bright. We're supposed to be shining for Jesus. We're, people should be drawn to us like a, 
the summertime and we have a light on, on the porch light, the bugs are attracted to it, we should be attracting people to ourselves. But if we're hiding under a bushel, if we're hiding our, hiding our light, they're not going to know. Okay. All right. Anybody else want to chime in? I also think of light uh, casting out darkness. Okay. Okay. Because of that, the word I think of is comforter, comforting, light is comforting. Okay. Light or dark? Right. Okay. I need to write that down. That's that's good. <laughs> I had, well, I mean, I you know, you can only think of so many things. Um, text that to me later. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna text him. What did you say? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Get the recording. Um, but no, you're right. Uh, uh, light can can definitely be a comfort uh, because when do well when you're out of town, I leave the bathroom light on because it's a comfort because you're not there with me. <laughs> and so yeah. Light. When are people uncomfortable driving? They're uncomfortable driving at night. Are you illuminated and you can see? Right. 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 Okay. There you go. Wow, that's a pretty smart kid. <laughs> oh. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah, John? Okay. Oh, yeah, all the time, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Molly? Truth, yes. Right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Well, I came I came across a story. I wanted to share this with you. Uh, and the author of this article draws a really, really good conclusion at the end. Okay. Um, the, it starts off by saying, church history tells us of a group of men called uh, uh, Acerites. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, who lived in the fourth century. They dwelled in solitude, fasting, and injuring themselves. The near, uh, the nearly, excuse me, the nearer they could bring themselves to the level of an animal, the better pleased they were. One sect 
actually grazed with a common herd in the fields of Mesopotamia. They acquired a great reputation for holiness because of their moral, uh, mournful uh, attitude toward life. One of the f- uh, most famous of these monks was uh, Simeon uh, Stylites, uh, A.D. 395 to 451. Uh, he was known because he stood for years on top of a, a 60-foot high column until his muscles became uh, became rigid. Some of these hermit, uh, uh, hermits hung weights on their bodies. Others uh, kept themselves in caves. All endeavored to make themselves holy through being miserable. The motive of these men may have been uh, truly honorable, uh, a desire to escape the vices of the great cities. But this is the conclusion that he draws, and I, I like his conclusion. But the greater the corruption of society, the more need for holy men and women to live in that society. The world can only become darker by the withdrawing of its light and more corrupt through the removal of the salt scattered over it. And what the, what the author of this article is saying here in a nutshell is, you know, these, these monks and uh, I think it was uh, Aserites or whatever they call themselves, what they would do is because of the wickedness of the cities, they would withdraw the light or themselves out of those places, which would make them even darker. And so often today, what we see in our society today is a shift of, for lack of better terms, we we have seen a shift of Bible-believing Christians from liberal states in our country to more conservative states. Yeah, yeah, we've we uh, we've had people tell us that the reason that they moved from California, Washington, Oregon, New York, and some and some and even Nevada, uh, some of these uh, uh, you know uh, more liberal states is because uh, they want they they needed to go somewhere more conservative. When in reality, what should be happening? It, exactly. If anything, the conservative people should be moving to the places that need the light. Not making it political by conservative. Right. Yeah. I'm not talking politics. I, that, that's not what I'm talking about. But unfortunately, politics and uh, religious liberty kind of go hand in hand most of the time. <clears throat> but... When our last governor was elected, and I'm not going to say his name because it's not important. <clears throat> not not our current. Well, the have they sworn in the new governor? Yeah, the, the governor that's on his way out. When he was elected four years ago, 
We had people in our church leave the state of Nevada because of the governor that was elected to our state. And I'm sorry, but that's the wrong reason to leave. If anything, that's when you need to dig in and become a, a, a brighter light. So let's talk about three characteristics of light. Three characteristics of light. We are not going to get through all these in the next uh, 17 minutes, <clears throat> but hopefully we'll be able to get through uh, one or two of them. The, the first characteristic of light uh, that I want to talk about is the fact that it attracts. Uh, my, my wife, in, in a few minutes ago in her testimony, talked about, uh, you know, in the summertime when you turn on your back porch light, what happens to every bug in the neighborhood? <laughs> Comes to your porch, right? Um, so uh, light, light attracts. So, <clears throat> but physical light is ne- necessary for physical life. Physical light is necessary for physical life. Could you imagine what would happen to our earth, not not to us as, as humans, but to the earth? Could you imagine what would happen if the if the sun stopped shining? <laughs> well, I, I mean, it, it would get cold. That's, but that's not what I mean. It, the, the, the vegetation would all die. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it would be, it would be catastrophic. But when I was years ago, I had the opportunity to go down to Guyana, down in South South America, and and while I was in the country. Uh, I had the uh, somebody said, "Hey, let's go uh, take a a uh, tour uh, of uh, of uh, the rainforest." And uh, so I got to go deep into the jungle and see some really cool things. But it was interesting to me: the deeper we got into the jungle, and the 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 heavier the canopy. Guess what you didn't see on the ground? You didn't see plants, flowers. You saw you saw a moss, a lot of moss, and uh, 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 ferns, but you didn't see much of anything else. Why? No sunlight. And it was it was amazing to me that it, it was something that had so much growth but yet it had very little under undergrowth if you would because because the canopy was so thick plants i i don't know my wife doesn't have a lot of indoor plants but she used to yeah, she used to have a few. Um, but what do you do? What 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 happens if you take a plant and you set it next to a window this time of year? Freeze. <laughs> it freezes 
yeah, the, 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 the plant will actually lean toward the sunlight. And I, I, have, I, I have done this, I, I guess I mean, but I have taken plants and turned them around to see, to see, if, to see if they would, and they do. They, 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 they just keep leaning toward the sun. They do not lean away from the sun. Why? Because they need the sun rays. When the little precious bundle back there was born, she was a little on the anemic side. And you know what the... Or jaundice. jaundice. <clears throat> and the doctor said the best thing in the world is to put her in the sun. We need we need sunlight, and uh, <clears throat> the same way we need physical sunlight, we need spiritual sunlight. We can't survive without it. A person, and, and this is this is an observation that I've made. I, I don't have any proof or, or, or statistics. I think I could probably find some, but but I have found that people who uh, claim to be believers who do not make a regular practice of being around other believers suffer spiritually because we need that light we need that influence in our lives <clears throat> believers will always tend towards spiritual things They will tend toward fellowship. I, I, I remember when I first got saved, I used to love going to church for no other reason than to just be around other believers. We need that prayer. We need time in the Word. And, and so on and so forth. But... The believer, the unbelievers do just the opposite. In John chapter 1, verse 5, it says, and, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. John chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh into light, lest his deeds should be reproved. No man can come into the spiritual light of Jesus Christ unless he is enabled. John chapter 6, verse 37. All that the Father giveth me shall uh, come to me, and, and, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. 
there was a, a family. This, this has been many, many years ago, so don't even try to guess who this is because nobody would even know who this is. But there was a family visited at our church. I don't know, they came maybe two or three times, no more than three times. I think they came twice. Anyway, they came, and, and so I, I called them and said, hey, I'd like to come over and visit you guys and get to know you. And they said, yeah, come on over. So you know, I was sitting in their living room, and we were talking, and, and, um, and uh, the, the, the husband, the, the dad, said, um, hey, just so you know, Pastor, uh, we're not coming back. Okay, you know, I, I'm not stupid enough to think that, uh, you know, Grace Baptist Church is for everybody. I'd like to think that, but I, <laughs> you know, I understand. And I said, do you mind me asking why? I just, because I was curious. And I was absolutely stunned by what he said. He said, your church. He said, he said it's not your preaching. He says, you're preaching the, he said, you're preaching the Bible. I said, well, praise God for that. He said, but it's the people in your church. He said, they're all sinners. <laughs> and I went, and? <laughs> you know? And he's like, I don't want my kids being around sinners. <laughs> and I just, you know, at that point, I just said, have a great, have a great evening. You know, we're, I'm out of here. You know, I, I mean, there's, I mean, what more do you, what more can you say? Yeah, you, you know, I mean, I was so, I was, I was so stunned. I didn't know what to say. I honestly, I just went, okay. <laughs> what do you say? I, I'm mean, on the way home. I'm thinking, man, I should have said this and this. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, but I, it just, I was so stunned because are we not all sinners saved by grace? And and are we all not works in progress? Yes, yeah, and I I don't know, but I think I still have a little bit to learn when I get there. I just, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I just, I was so stunned. I, I honestly, I, I, it was, it was just, it was an amazing thing. They went nowhere. That, no, and it actually, this, this particular family ended up doing home church because they, they could not find a church where. And and that's the whole point. And and that's that's the whole point. And the last, huh? I don't I don't know I don't remember that. Yeah. 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 I don't I yeah I don't remember that part. But you know they they ended up moving moving away and you know I lost you know when I saw them here in town you know that we were always cordial, um, but it just it was just yeah it was it was sad. It was just sad because they were looking for utopia, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, but anyway. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 16 says this. Uh, chapter, chapter 2, verses 14 to 16. 
um, do all things without murmuring and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye, ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that, it, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. What, what was Paul saying here? Don't, don't hide your light, let your light shine. Just the opposite of what we read about <clears throat> the Asarites when they when they would withdraw themselves because of the unholy cities that they were living in. Paul's saying just the opposite. You need to shine. Light attracts. Jesus uh, described John the Baptist. In, in John chapter 5 and verse 35, he described John the Baptist this way. Uh, he was a burning and a shining light. That's how Jesus described John the Baptist, a burning and shining light. As I was reading this, I, I, I asked myself a question. And the question I asked myself is, would Jesus say that about me if he was writing my name in the Bible? Would he say, Rick Lynn is a bright and shining light? And I'll be honest with you. I didn't like what I, what I thought. To be perfectly honest, I don't know that he would say that about me. I would, I would hope he would, but I'm not confident of that. Why? Because you know what? There's always more people to reach. There's always more that I could say to someone. There's always someone that I could reach out to that I haven't. There's always more. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Look at verse 16 of our passage here. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. John chapter 3 and verse 21. But he that doeth Truth cometh to the light, that he and that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Let me close with this, and we're right on time. Let me close with a question. 
another question that I ask myself. Do I, does my light shine in a dark world or is it hid under a bushel? Now, I did not grow up going to Sunday school. Some of you may have, but my, I know my kids grew up going to Sunday school. So on the way home from church many times, one, of, one, one or both of my kids would be sitting in the back seat singing this little song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Come on, help me out. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it, let it shine. Let it, I don't know it. Um, anyway, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. And is that all of it? Don't let Satan. Oh, yeah, don't let Satan it out. I'm going to, and I, I would hear that all the way home. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. See, I told you I don't know the song, but it just I would hear it over and over and over. And 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 as I was concluding this thought of light attracts, that little song came to my mind. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it I, all I could remember was the bushel. You know, hide it under a bushel. No. I'm gonna let it shine. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so let me challenge you with that. Let's let let's let our light shine before Jesus. Let's not hide it under a bushel. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work you do in our lives. And Lord, I am so thankful for the word of God and the, the challenges in the word of God that are very clear, very simple. Uh, but Lord, I do ask that you just speak to our hearts tonight. Give us wisdom. <clears throat> for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right.